order to do those things in. Uh, me neither. I got, I got a We're l- creating on the fly here, people. You have no idea the pressure. I have a little follow-up on the whole thing about impeachment from Alan Dershowitz in the Wall Street Journal today that I think is interesting. Since we're full-on in this, there's a, there's a decent chance the president's going to be impeached in the House, and then I don't think he'll be removed, but this is actually going to happen, I think. The words other high crimes and misdemeanors does accord Congress some discretion, but as much as the rejected term maladministration, uh, but not as much as the rejected term maladministration would have. The words seem to require criminal-like acts of serious nature, though precisely what would suffice is anything but clear. A sitting president would almost certainly be impeached if he committed murder. Despite the historical precedents that Vice President Aaron Burr was not impeached for killing Hamilton in a duel. I didn't realize that was while he was vice president. Isn't that crazy? And didn't get impeached for it. Yeah. You killed one of the founding fathers. Right. They're going to make a musical about him years from now. He said he wanted to duel. I'm better at it. But if a president paid hush money out of personal funds to prevent his adultery from being disclosed, as Hamilton did when he was treasury secretary, he wouldn't be impeached. Adultery was a felony in Hamilton's time, but nothing Hamilton did constituted a public crime. Perjury to cover up adultery, one of the offenses for which Mr. Clinton was impeached, is a closer call, although I believe it was not impeachable, says Dershowitz. It was not a crime against the people or the country, in other words. Right. As for the allegations against President Trump, obstruction of justice is plainly a high crime, but a president cannot commit it by exercising his constitutional authority to fire or pardon, regardless of his motive. He just fired Comey to get rid of him. Because he was, uh, you know, he didn't like the Russia thing. Well, yeah, but if he gets to fire Comey, it doesn't matter what his motives are. I agree with Dershowitz. I've heard other lawyers and professors say, no, no, he he doesn't get to do that. It's obstru- If he's doing it to stop a case, that's obstruction. That calls for mind reading. Yeah, uh, you know, exactly. You're never going to get it through. Uh, it would have been an impeachable offense if Mr. Clinton's case, but the facts were disputed. Anyway, skipping that. Neither is it a crime to conduct foreign policy for partisan or personal advantage. Which is kind of interesting because that Fox poll that's out today, two-thirds of Americans think it was inappropriate for Trump to ask for that investigation on the Ukrainian phone call. Right. But Dershowitz is saying it is not a crime to conduct foreign policy for partisan or personal advantage. A common political sin with no limiting principle capable of being applied in a neutral manner. Right. Uh, And the American people are probably not going to lay it out formally like this, but we're all going to decide... Or, or many of us have already, was that phone call, Trump being obsessed with Joe Biden, was it just bad diplomacy? Was it Trump putting himself in front of the country because um, he's an odd dude or because he wanted to tear down a political rival? Um, is it a crime or is it just bad being president? <laughs> he's bad at the job. Well, you don't get to impeach somebody for being bad at the job. I mean, the Founding Fathers made that clear. That's why you have elections. Um, and unless you get a number of, uh, a significant chunk of America, I mean a big chunk, to say, that wasn't dumb or ham-handed or silly, that was criminal, then the Senate's not going to vote him out. We'll be dealing with this for weeks or months to come. We told you the story about the people who put rocks, giant rocks, on their sidewalks in San Francisco to keep the homeless people away? The drug dealers away? Specifically, yeah, the the criminal drug dealers. We can talk about this later, but I like this headline. Property owners can do basically whatever they want to homeless people now. 
You're an idiot. In San Francisco, they're even getting the government's help. You're an idiot. Writes Rick Paulus in some publication. Do you ride your unicorn to work, you dreamer? Jeez, these with people, e- do they live on Earth? With examples of, and this is in quotes and underlined, underlined, with examples of hostile architecture already flowing readily through the cultural discourse. Yeah, and if the drug dealers come back, it's going to get more hostile. You don't need to put up with criminals and junkies outside your home, outside your business, in your parks, at your schools. Just because this numbskull says you do. He's wrong. I like the term hostile architecture. What a dip-ass. God, his sort just makes me nuts. So that would be like when you put the spikes on top of uh, your gargoyles on your building to keep the pigeons from sitting there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or I noticed it at my kid's school year. I'd never noticed this until he pointed it out. We were actually at the school, and he was riding his scooter around on the weekend, and they can't jump up and try to slide on the side of the sidewalk but they could because they put these little guards on there. Ah, Have you seen those? They're no. they're just like a little chunk of plastic that they bolt every few feet so that dudes on skateboards can't grind on the corners oh, of things. That's why they have those on the fountain outside out front. I wondered what those were for. That's so you can't grind. Do your grinding. And um But I, I want to grind. That would be hostile architecture towards skateboarders. Oh boy. So keep your eye out for hostile architecture. Yeah, I, those poor people in that neighborhood who put the rocks up and, and everything. You got these utterly empty-headed, unicorn-riding, virtue-signaling idealists Whoa. lecturing them and telling, how, <laughs> telling them how they're bad people for trying to get drug dealers off the sidewalk right in front of their house. Uh, how big a gulf is there between those of us who live in the real world and numbskulls like that? It just... I don't I don't know. I don't know what I can say. I just, where do you even begin the discussion with somebody that untethered from reality? Apparently you didn't hear the headline. Property owners can do basically basically whatever they want to homeless people now. Oh That's sure. Quite a leap from I put boulders on the sidewalk so drug dealers don't camp out there. So uh like shootings and electrocutions, hangings, that sort of thing, cooking them alive, flayings, drawings and quarterings, uh, etc. Sir, is that what's happening? Or do people just try to discourage drug dealers from literally setting up drug dealing tents and running it as an office on somebody's doorstep? There was a horrifying story in New York over the weekend where uh, five homeless people were were, were killed oh, on the sidewalks. Yeah, by one of their fellows. Well, and I thought, right? man, this is going to be a big story. It turned out it was a different homeless dude. Right. Not so homeless dude. Which shows you how freaking violent some of these people are. And the idea that, I'll just walk by this this person, this random crazy person. I don't know if they're a drug addict. I don't know if they're crazy. I don't know if they're violent. I should just walk by them and, you know, give them a dollar and ignore them and not worry about me and my kids or going into this business. I'm not going to judge them by their appearance, certainly. Right. This guy killed five other of his homeless brethren. He was that dangerous and, and that I, scary. I mentioned earlier, I was in a McDonald's yesterday, and there was a woman completely out of her mind. Crazy, drugs, I don't know what, but completely out of her mind in the drive-thru, right next to all our cars. There was just a tiny gap between the cars and the fence. So she's standing, I locked my doors because she, she was standing right there. She would, without taking a step, she could open my door. Um, just screaming and yelling at something on the ground, imaginary. Mm. And then when I got my food, I pull up forward and there's a shirtless dude doing the same thing on this side of my car, inches from my car. And nobody even bats an eye. Yeah, wow. 
It's just it's just part of the landscape now. And the and the McDonald's there, I guess they just feel like, oh well, yeah, we'll do business. We'll uh, we'll try to we'll hope customers are willing to walk past that and drive past that to come in and buy our product. Well, and the poor guy who's got his entire life savings tied up in that franchise and is desperately hoping to make a profit, he calls the cops who he pays for with his uh, tax dollars. They'll tell them, dude, the city fathers won't let us do anything. You're on your own. Good luck. So, so if I have a, I don't know what it would cost to to have a McDonald's franchise, but so I got a million. It's expensive. I would imagine. Yeah. So if I've got a million dollars of my money sunk into this, this is how I make my living to pay my rent and send my kids to college and the whole thing. I'm not allowed to get a security guard that gets those people out of there. I mm. gotta, I gotta try to run a restaurant with these. Crazy, dangerous people. Right. Yeah, complicated answer to that one. You can get a security guard, but God help you if they actually ever do anything. Because then you'll have the activist lawyers on you, and you'll be sued, and the rest of it. And well, I wouldn't so, take that security guard job unless I'm u- allowed to use pepper, pray or pepper spray or something, because those people were out of their minds. Yeah, I'm telling you. Them leaping on you and biting your face off would not be surprising. I mean, they were completely out of, For instance, out of touch with everything. Right, yeah. Who's crazier, Jack? Those people are the person at the drive-thru of a McDonald's eating that food. <laughs> Have you tried organic kale? It's very, very edible. <laughs> you know, I always think about our old producer, Vince, who, who lost more weight and kept it off than anybody I've ever known in my life. Mm-hmm. And he was disciplined. And people would say, do you want... And he's still doing that sort of thing, right? Yep. Yep. And people would say, do you want a donut? And he would say, want's got nothing to do with it. And I try to remember that all the time, because that is absolutely right. Strong whether, man. Whether or not I want a donut should not, should, or, or a McDonald's sandwich should not have anything to do with whether I eat it or not. That doesn't play a role, really. Right. Right. You know, I hate fashionable diets and how people bore you to death talking about them. But it does make pretty good sense that you should not eat anything that didn't exist 10,000 years ago. It's probably mm-hmm. expired at this point. No, no, not literally exist. Not like a piece of cheese. Um, but cause, uh, Did a our, sausage egg McMuffin exist 10,000 years ago? <laughs> that's what I ordered yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, the, the footprint of human beings across time is pretty dang long. Unless you're one of those 6,000-year-old Earth people, in which case I don't even know where to begin with you. But anyway, so in the uh, hundreds of thousands, a couple millions of years, human beings have been around. The modern diet has existed for, I mean, the blink of an eye. Oh, yeah. yeah. Soda and all that sort of stuff. And so our entire being, our physical being, is adapted to eat what we have always eaten. And I mean always. How's that seem to be going? Well, uh, switching to the modern diet fairly poorly. As I look around. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm trying to remind myself of that. Although uh, I tell you what, it gets to be six thirty. We haven't figured out what's for dinner. I get a frozen pizza in the fridge. Hey. Yeah, please set that piach to four hundred and Take wait a seventeen suck of that, minutes. Caveman. Oh yeah, you wish you had one of these. <laughs> Look at it; fits right in a toaster oven. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm not proud of it. All right, what what do you got? I got nothing. <laughs> You had something good. I got nothing but bitterness and despair. California's huge, humiliating power outages. Oh, right. From the Los Angeles Times. Way to go, L.A. Times. Thank you, L.A. Times, for actually looking into this, unlike almost every other news outlet. Stay tuned.
we know that Rudy Giuliani's got a couple of associates, whatever that word means, uh, that have been arrested, the Ukrainian dudes. I'll wait till tomorrow or a couple days from now to try to figure out if... I'm not trying to hide anything, just all these little wrinkles that happen that often turn out to be nothing or misreported or whatever. So if it's something tomorrow, we'll talk about it then. Meanwhile, plenty of people in California still sitting in the dark. And maybe for days to come. You mean North Korea, right? North Korea, to Korea, Haiti, Venezuela. No, California. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to find a, a data point here, Jack. That's what you say when you mean thing, but you want to sound smart. I'm looking for a data point. Uh, anyway, I'll get back to that. So uh, gratified to see at least the first part of this article in the Los Angeles Times about the uh, giant power outages, millions of people in uh, America's Haiti, California, uh, with no power. And I love the headline, California's huge, humiliating power outages. It ought to be humiliating. It is. It's incredibly. I mean, it's third world country crap. Expose the vulnerabilities of PG&E's power grid. Now, keep in mind that this giant utility um, has, is it 16 million customers? It's uh, it's as I mean, their customer base is bigger than most United States states, uh, quite a few of them anyway. Um, and they talk and, and I'm so disappointed. I got all the way through this article. Finally, it just came out and they talk about how the uh, all this power to all these people is um, based on where's the uh, where's the phrase? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, fossil fuels creating electricity that's sent along overhead lines on wooden poles. And how old-timey and ridiculous that is by modern standards. And then they get into some of the particulars of how, uh, for instance, um, in the San Diego area, when there was a devastating fire in 07, they redid how they delivered a lot of electricity to some of the areas in, in San Diego um, to prevent something like that happening again. And they contrast that with PG&E, um, which has done very, very little. And even after the uh, the fires in which they burned people to death, lots of people destroyed towns because of their shoddy, shoddy infrastructure. Uh, they pledged that they would, uh, you know, cut vegetation away from lines. Well, they completed about 31% of what they said they would do. And said it would cost billions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of workers. And so this article is making the point that PG&E has done an awful, awful, woeful job of of moving into the modern era, particularly given all the people who live in the woods. They do not spend a syllable of this article in the L.A. Times that so pleased me, not a single syllable talking about state regulation and the Public Utilities Commission which is an astonishing oversight. PG&E cannot you know, change the tires on a truck without the approval of the Public Utilities Commission. All of this stuff you're writing about, L.A. Times, all of it was under the brave and, and wise stewardship of the utterly corrupt quasi-governmental agency that was supposed to oversee them. And you didn't mention, not a sentence on PG&E spends mind-boggling amounts of money on lobbying. Why would that be? Not a word on the horrific governance that led to the situation in the L.A. Times. I think I give up. 
I don't, I'm just I'm going to make myself unhappy. Give myself an ulcer, as they used to say. Do you think, uh, like Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, is he bothered when he, if he hears that Berkeley study that said 50% of Californians are considering moving? Does that bother him, or does he think, yeah, the kind of people I don't want are moving, so that's good? Um, yeah, he... I mean, if if they're replaced by easy-to-control simpletons, uh, immigrants, uh, the uneducated, whatever, I don't think that bothers him a bit. It'll be easier to consolidate power. The What is the great quote? I wish I was better at remembering quotes, um, but it's true no matter who said it. The... Uh, the most serious threat to would-be dictators is an educated populace, is an aware voter. And so, yeah, they're trying to minimize that as as much as they can. But I've given up, so everybody enjoy fighting the fight. I'm out. (laughs) What's coming up in your news, Marshal Phillips? Turkish troops now pouring into Syria as their attacks on the Kurds ramp up even more. you got your Hong Kong business community reeling from the ongoing protests, and more proof, Americans are a lonely people. Oh, boy. Those studies are always troubling. On the way. Pharaoh's book come out? Is it out right now? Is that why it's getting so much attention? I think it dropped on Tuesday, yeah. His, uh, I hope it gets the attention it, it should and people understand what's going on there. NBC, the national broadcasting company that still has all the same people in charge of it, tried to cover up Harvey Weinstein being a rapist because it helped cover up Matt Lauer being a likely rapist, Mm. or at least a serial abuser of women. There was that weird variable when the the Weinstein stuff first broke from Ronan Farrow of, you're an NBC News reporter, why is this being broken by another media outlet? He was always just, well, that's that's up to them. They said it wasn't sourced. They spiked it, and they said, no, we didn't. It was incomplete. It didn't have uh, sources on the record. He said, it's exactly the same thing that I presented to the other networks. And it ended up being, uh, I heard it somebody last night call it the scoop of the decade, it might actually be. I mean, it set off how many people in in politics. A U.S. senator lost their job. Right. Politics, entertainment, all all over the. It just it it changed the culture. The whole Kavanaugh thing got built out of that. And uh, and NBC didn't think it was worth a worthy story of doing because it well, might harm the Today Show. Yeah, because their big stars rapey too, and and Weinstein's people threatened to blow the whistle on Lauer if they ran the story about Weinstein. That's incredible. And so they capitulated. And those people are still in charge of decision-making at NBC. And this new book has a really interesting section about how Weinstein not only threatens that way, but he ingratiates himself with decision-makers at companies saying, oh, no, that project, oh, yeah, absolutely, I will fund this thing that you wanted to make. And he he gets these business dealings with people who are decision-makers in these companies, right. becomes their friend, right? And he, he gains allies through his resources of promising them, oh, no, we can do this passion project you've always wanted to work on. What nice. A, what a tiring way to live your life so you can continue your rape scam going. Yeah. Anyway, let's get the news now with Marshall Phillips. Well, it is on. Turkish President Erdogan says the Turks' air and ground offensive has now killed over 100 terrorists in its invasion of Syria. you got Turkish troops streaming into Syria now. And Erdogan is also threatening to send 3.5 million Syrian refugees to Europe if the Europeans don't stop calling the action an invasion. The advance of the Turkish forces into Syria is now into its second day, and it's not clear 
whether those killed in the operation were fighting with the Kurdish-led Syrian Democratic Forces, just who he's referring to as terrorists. Shopping malls in Hong Kong are closing early today in anticipation of protests. For the last four months, the pro-democracy demonstrators have been staging protests in a variety of areas. And during those demonstrations, shops have been vandalized. Protesters have used malls as locations for their sit-ins. As a result, Hong Kong, one of the world's top shopping cities, is seeing a huge decline in revenue and the Asian financial hub is looking at its first recession in 10 years. So that is continuing. Another round of the protests will go on today. Marshall, do you have any stories that won't end in horror? No. You're no, two for no. two so far. No, I never will. Hot and cold running horror over here. Who wants some horror? Who wants some horror? We've got horror for you, folks. Who uh, needs some horror? Well, I was going to tell you that even more people are in the dark today in the grand state of California than yesterday at this time. Hundreds of thousands of more PG&E customers lost their power overnight than total number of buildings without power. There are rampant car wrecks now all over California, and the cop shops are tweeting, if the light's out, treat it as a four-way stop, please, as people are getting smashed up and injured now. The total number of buildings without power is now over 730,000, which translates in to Haiti? over... No, no, no. In the state of California. <laughs> that translates to over 2 million people. 2 million people so far. Well, that would explain why the shelves at Walmarts and convenience stores and grocery stores in those areas are just wiped out with things like flashlights and candles and water and all that sort of stuff. And it Gavin turns- Newsom is the governor of Haiti. There you go, Gavin. Congratulations. You're you. preserving, you're presiding rather over a third world country. The highlight of the California lifestyle to me the other day was pouring gas all over my feet with my California mandated gas can, trying to fill up my generator because the power is off because it's windy. Never mind being a tussle-haired surfer. That is the California experience. You know, and I should combine it. I think it is the very day I got my property taxes, too, which are crazy. (laughs) So so the taxes, the gas on your feet, and the uh, you have to have a generator to have electricity. Just unbelievable. You got to get Brian Wilson to write a Beach Boys song about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the California mention bums and junkies besetting you everywhere you go. That day, I'm sure I saw many, many bums and junkies. Stepping over dung. Hey, America, you remember when Gavin Newsom a couple of weeks ago was saying, California leads the way. What California does, the rest of the states are adopting. (laughs) Well, there you go, folks. That's what you got to look forward to. better hope not. Enjoy. And it it turns out, my friends, we are a lonely people. New survey by Evite finds the average American hasn't made a new friend in five years. Hmm. In the poll, 45% of the adults said they find it hard to make new friends with reasons including 42% saying it's because they're introverted or shy. A third saying it's because they don't like the bar scene and another third. I hate it when people use that. They say that all the time. Yeah. I haven't made a friend because I don't like the bar scene. Or I find it difficult to date because I don't like the bar scene. Who said it was a requirement right. to, to, to find no. your girlfriend or boyfriend at a bar? You need to expand your creative yes. thinking. Yeah. Another... I don't like bars, so, so what? There are nine gazillion other ways to meet people. 
Yeah, uh, try bus stops. <laughs> another, another third of the people say they uh, feel that everybody else's circle of friends is already formed, so that makes it so much harder to join a group. No, that's you projecting stuff that isn't it real. There you yeah. go. There you go. That's that's rough, though. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I've made friend it. Friend quota's full. Get out of here, loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I've made a new friend in the last five years, though. I'd have to think about it. I don't think that I have. Yep, and they find the average adult has 16 current active friendships. 16? 16. Yep. I don't have to count. I have made a new friend in the last five years. I do not have 16 friends friends. I don't think so, no. You have a type Depending cri- how you uh, define a friend. Yeah, it's your criteria. Yeah. Well, these are, these are uh, people that are worthy of hanging out together one-on-one on a fairly consistent basis. So, I don't do that with anybody other than my wife and kids. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking to improve that in my life, actually. That's one of my uh, main goals for myself. Washington Nationals heading to the National League. Where are you going to meet these people? Bus stop? Bars. (laughs) Bars. Because I love the bar scene. The Washington Nationals headed to the National League Championship Series. They beat the Dodgers 7-3 in Game 5 of their series in L.A. And Clayton Kershaw added another chapter to his playoff woes when the three-time Cy Young Award winner squandered two-run lead with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kershaw's 1-0 to Rendon. Swung on, hit of the year to deep left center field. It is gone! Goodbye! Here's the pitch. He swings and belts one to deep right center field. Way back! Going! Going! And gone! Goodbye! Halfway up the pavilion. A tremendous game. Tying home run by Juan Soto. Those were back-to-back pitches. <laughs> what inning was that? <laughs> Uh, eighth, tenth, tenth, wasn't it? No, the, no, the that was Grand Slam. Sorry, yeah, that was a Grand Slam. No, the, 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 so, yeah, yeah, Kershaw gave yeah. up back-to-backers to allow the, Kers- the tie. Yeah, because okay. okay. Kershaw yeah. was, they were six outs away from wrapping it up. Right. And they put Kers- Kershaw in to, to let's just close star. us out. Right. Yeah. We're done. <clears throat> we move on to the, right. uh, the championship series. I didn't see the game. Do you want to know why? Because I have no electricity. No electricity. Because you live in Haiti? In Haiti. <laughs> I'm fascinated that Clayton Kershaw in the regular season is an unheadable menace whose ball movement defies physics. And when you put him in the playoffs, he's a little league tee. It is baffling it's to me. It's odd. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> there you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah, so he gave up the home runs to tie the game and then ended up going yeah. 10 innings. And then there was a grand slam to uh, to win it. And uh, the Dodgers are out. Mm. But that is Seven that is division titles in a row. Zero champagne out of the World Series uh, trophy. Ofer. That is interesting. Oof. There's been a number of sports stars <laughs> that uh, that are fantastic regular season and just don't do well in the playoffs. And is it just like kind of luck? Because you don't get that many be. games. Yeah. It can just be, you know, baseball is obsessed with percentages, as you know, and statistics. And now the saber metrics. And by the way, Commentators, like how many sabers do you need to fight off a pirate? <laughs> no, right. four. Commentators, you can't just say, uh, and look at that. His blulp is three eleven. People aren't hip to all those statistics yet. But anyway, in a sport is his blulp. <laughs> oh, the, the whip and the 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 womp, hobo womp. and the schnapp and the, the war rest. is a big one these the days. War. The war, the war. Yeah. How about the war? What's the war? Wins above replacement, so it uh, calculates mm, how much better you are than the average person at your position. Oh, cool. Yeah, theoretically, I'm, I'm it's like plus average. minus in hockey <laughs> yeah. or basketball. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's possible that a guy who gives up a hit 
one and a half out of ten batters um, would you know be a little heavily uh, more heavily hit during these games than those games. It's not every game you have the same percentage. It's it's a, a cumulative number, so it could just be yeah. Or you the could guy just ha- have weak, weak mind, spineless, and gutless. Uh, <laughs> it's easy on a soulless. Thursday afternoon in a meaningless game, and you're made of wax, and you welt under yeah. the bright lights of the big stage. But then when people are actually <laughs> paying attention, and it matters, you get a little sweaty. You weak, weak constitution. <laughs> Get a little bit of that clenching up, and you oh, everything's a little tighter. Oh, it's like you're crushing walnuts with your hiney. <laughs> you got to relax and let it flow. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is a funny sports <clears throat> psychology thing, and that, that could apply to him. I don't know. But there are people who are the opposite. They just get, like, motivated and pay more attention, and it just, like, here's my chance. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. They love the big moment. That, that's just a psychological thing. I think you're either that way or you're not. I'm not sure you can control that. Yeah, I, you know, I've got a buddy who is a former Major League pitcher. I'll have to talk to him about that. I would think if you're freaked out on the mound, you wouldn't get hit more. You'd walk more, guys. But I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I mean, being nervous doesn't make your curveball break less unless you're overthrowing it, for instance. I just trying to throw it too hard. I, I don't know. Part of it's because I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm the, the, the weak constitution I was explaining. I mean, the, 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 the brighter lights, the more important it was, the less I wanted to be involved. <laughs> Coach, don't put me in. Make sure they don't hit the ball my direction. That's me. Mm. But then, like, Clay Thompson, after one of the games last year, playing for the Golden State Warriors, it was going to go to a Game 7. He said, I just love this stuff. Game 7, can we play right now? Let's get this going. Yeah. I thought, that is not me. I'm I'm hoping that there's a, <laughs> an electrical problem and they have to delay the game by a day. <laughs> just Maybe I get sick and I can't play. Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad. This is great. <laughs> no, no, no. You're not made of stern enough stuff to oh, compete at the highest level. At any level. <laughs> but I might be like Clayton Kershaw. I just got the physical abilities, regular meaningless games, right. they can do anything. But You're not going to choke like Clayton Kershaw. You're going to be bad all the time. He's up there getting ready to pitch and thinking, oh, man, everybody's watching. If I lose it now, people are really going to hate me. What ah. do I throw? What do I throw? What do I throw? <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Boo! And then the second home run, he just kind of crumpled to the mound. He no, limped the off the field. Theologians actually spotted his soul leaving his body. They departed. They're like, we're out of here. What are you going to do? Let's finish strong on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, here's the thing. The truth is these companies don't have to take orders from China about what to say or how to act, but they do it because nobody wants to lose access to a billion Chinese customers. It's a powerful incentive. So powerful, in fact, that China's influence is affecting how Americans can act on American soil. That's right. Fans in Philadelphia got kicked out of a basketball game last night for chanting free Hong Kong. And I didn't realize that yelling at a basketball game was against the rules. I mean... That must have been so confusing for all the other fans, you know, because this guy's there like, free Hong Kong! And then the guy next to him was probably like, hey, Ben Simmons, suck a Kardashian <laughs> And then security's like, you, get out! No, not you, no, the free Hong Kong guy, you keep going! That stuff about the Kardashian that was hilarious, carry on! 
Wow, that's well done. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> is China dictating what Americans get to do in sports arenas? Have you yes. heard this nailed down? Is it illegal to have any political signs in an NBA game? So they were just going with normal policy. I've never uh, seen I've a political heard, sign in an NBA I've game. heard that sort of thing. Any controversial sign, sign that's going to cause unrest or anger or whatever, they won't let in. And you could argue that's the case there. But come on now. That's the de facto explanation of what's actually happening. The NBA owners don't want to piss off China. They hate that idea more than about anything. They had signs. They weren't just chanting. They had signs, uh, pro-Hong Kong signs, and they got kicked out of an NBA game in the United States of America blocks from where the Liberty Bell is. So they had, they had the signs. The signs were initially confiscated. When the signs were confiscated is when they started doing the chanting and yelling it, and right. that's when they were asked and to leave. And they got kicked out for chanting. Yeah. Wow. I have a feeling that's going to spread. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what you need. You oh, need yeah. an entire <laughs> arena chanting that. Just, we can send us all home. Just whole sections of, yeah. of free, free Hong, Kong Hong Kong signs, Kong. T-shirts. Free Hong Kong. I love that idea. Wow. Wow. These are interesting times. I've been to NBA games and sat close, and people say awful things all the time, and they're not asked to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. We got quite a crime here, Joe. A woman says she got white girl wasted with her friends. I don't know what that term means. What does that Anybody mean? know what that means? Sounds white racist girl wasted? to me. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing yeah. Rosé was involved. <laughs> they, were, they got really drunk anyway. And uh, they went to a McDonald's, and her friends, in her drunken state, her friends tricked her eating into eating chicken McNuggets, which are allegedly meat. Um, this woman is a... <laughs> allegedly. This woman is a... They have lawyers. This woman is a vegan... And her friends tricked her into eating meat, and so she called the police. Yes. Because that's what you would do in yes, this situation. Yes, and they have nothing but spare time. <laughs> Cops just sitting around. I wish something crazy would happen. Um, the next day, her friends are making fun of her and sent around like some videos and pictures on, in, you know, on the Internet. That's uh, um, funny. She, she said she was sick the next morning from having eaten meat, but her friends accused her of overreacting. You might be sick from having gotten super drunk and gone to McDonald's at 2 o'clock in the morning. That'll do it. In, my, in my view, they took advantage of my drunken state, tampered with my food, and public hu- publicly humiliated me. Yes, correct. The length that young people go to to not blame alcohol for their sickness oh, yeah. is hilarious. I felt really terrible the next morning from eating the meat. <laughs> Might be. Final thoughts with A-N-G. Oh, yeah. By the way, you don't Turn have to, down the lights, baby. You don't have to be young to go to great lengths to blame something other than the alcohol for why you feel bad. I must not have got enough sleep or something. I got a bug. <laughs> Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Producer Positive Sean, final thought. Yeah, all I know is I got to go get a bunch of free Hong Kong t-shirts that I'm going to wear to NBA games this year. That's going to be exciting. Oh, yeah, good one. Michelangelo, final thought. Uh, yeah, if you're still in a power outage, don't use candles. Be smarter than that. Just take your car, put it in your living room, and turn on the lights. <laughs> use some common sense. There you go. Uh, Marshall Phillips, your final thought, please. But I have been invited to an adult Halloween event, and I am debating going mostly because everybody now has a camera on their phone. No. And in the past, you're I have been known to get a little frisky. Wear blackface. And you're going to dress. <laughs> you usually wear blackface. What's or, it, 15 years in a row? Either blackface or a slutty newsman. Those yeah. are the two choices. Chat, you have a final thought you'd like to share? I'm looking at one of our Twitter followers who lost their power, said there's hardly any wind here and I where I live and all the power lines are underground. Why is my power off? 
I hope that serious politics, man. Yeah, I hope serious journalists do a better job of nailing down where, how, why this all happened, and not just taking it at face value. Yeah, hey, journalists, so far so crappy. You people don't have any idea what you're talking about. Uh, my final thought is, I know who I'm rooting for in the next Olympics. Haiti. Because I'm living the Haitian lifestyle. I got no power. I'm pooping in a pot. Just, you go to the stores, you can't get water and right, candles. Right, right exactly. Right. Yeah, well, so, what Arms, the heck? Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour work day. So many people think, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Email us. God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say... How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? Listen to the long hair idea. trying to push me into gambling. <laughs> Damn hippie! Shut up, hippie! <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.